Acts chapter 4, we're going to begin in verse number 23. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. So good to see you all here. I want to encourage you. I want to teach you tonight. So Acts chapter 4 and verse 23, just to give you quick context, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word just for a moment. So what has happened is the day of Pentecost has come. In Acts chapter 2, the church becomes very evangelistic. Acts chapter 3, what happens is John and Peter are going into the temple and they heal a lame man that had been that way for 40 years. And the Sanhedrin and the, the church, or, or if you will, not the church, but the Jewish leadership and religious leaders of that day begin to question them and even put them in prison for a night. And they have threatened them to no longer preach or heal in the name of Jesus. So this is them coming back to their, their, their fellow brothers in the Lord in Christ. And this is, this is the dialogue, this is the setting, if you will, of what is going on. And it says in verse 23, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Remember, they told them, don't preach, don't teach, don't heal in the name of Jesus, or you will suffer the consequences and you say, what, what, what's the big deal of a verbal warning? These are the same men that just a, a, a month earlier, a month and a half earlier, had crucified Jesus. So this means something. So they went and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hast said, why did the, he the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of the truth for, for of the truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the, other, and, and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Turn to your neighbors say, threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that we may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of that holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were, as, where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. Let us pray tonight, and you may be seated. God, we come before you. We thank you for the opportunity to share forth your Word tonight, and we ask, Lord, that people would be challenged and encouraged by it. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. So just, just to rehash very quickly what is going on 
is, again, the church is facing some of their first persecution. And what is happening is that the, the leaders have threatened them again, and they have told them not to preach or teach or heal in the name of Jesus. And they do something that I think is profound, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but they go to the others. This is uh, Peter and John. They go to the others. They tell them what has happened, what is going on, and they report this to their brethren in the Lord, and they begin to pray, and they begin to call out, and they begin to say in this prayer, and they begin to speak of a prophecy that was given by David in Psalms chapter 2, where they pretty much say the world, the Gentiles, the, the, the kings, the, the leaders of, of that time, they would hate. The, 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 the Psalms chapter 2 says that they would hate the anointed one, or that's what the Jewish people would call the Christ. Jesus is what we know him by, and they said that... They would hate him. And I want you to know that we live in a world, and this is nothing new to you all tonight, but we live in a world that does not have a problem with God. They have a problem with Jesus. We live in a world that you can, you can pray to God. You, you, you can go to school activities and talk about God. You can talk about God on TV. You can talk about God on radio. But many people have a problem when you bring up the name of Jesus because Jesus is a different story altogether. He is God made flesh, sent here to die for us. When you begin to talk about God, well, people can say, well, they're talking about Allah. They're, they're talking about this. God or that God, but when you declare uh, that Jesus was God made flesh and sent to this world to die for our sins, that's where people have a problem. I want you to know that this world has a big problem with Jesus, and thus they have a big problem with the church. They have a big problem with the church. I want to read to you just real quick some some magazine and newspaper headlines that have been printed in the last decade about you, about the church of Jesus Christ. According to PolitiFact, it says that the army did some training back in May of 2013 and they began to study certain religious extremist groups so they could prepare for an attack from those groups to defeat them. One of those groups were Al-Qaeda from the, the, the Muslim faith, which we would expect. But they said they also prepared for an, eter- an internal attack from the, inve- the evangelical Christian. Your nation preparing for an attack, a physical attack from you. They labeled them in this, this army training session as an extremist group. Evangelicals, pretty much anybody that's non-Catholic, they, they, they considered a threat to American society. This, this has come about, this next headline has come about in the, the last year even. This was posted last year and it said that the U.S. needs to de-radicalize Christian extremists. That they need to go through the same de-radicalization programs that they give to prisoners of war that come from jihad and al-Qaeda. 
that they need to be taught not to be so radical because they are seen as a threat. Another article posted last year in Political, another article written in Politico said, it is time to talk about violent Christian extremism in America because they are, they are people that believe in authoritarianism and communism. That's said about you. That is said about the church. I want you to know that just as in our text tonight, the world still not, can still not stand the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. I want you to know this, that Jesus said this. He said, listen, the world will hate you. It will hate you because you are not of the world. And know this, that the world not only will hate you because of who you are, but they'll hate you because of me. And know that they hated me that's what Jesus said in John 15 know this they will hate you because of me they will label you a radical they will label you an extremist they will come against you they will come against your family they will they will tell you that that you are no good that you are no benefit that your God is not real that Jesus that you serve is not alive and they hate us And I want you to know that we in no way, shape, or form are experiencing uh, the persecution that our brothers and sisters are experiencing uh, on the other side of the globe tonight where to even utter the words Jesus can cost you your life. Uh, we are nowhere near that place. Uh, but I want you to know that there are people currently uh, in the halls of legislatures, state and federal, uh, that would love nothing more than to shut down uh, the church. You say, well, this isn't, were you trying to make this political? I want you to know that this is not a political statement. I want you to know that the kingdom of darkness in the world that he controls desires to eliminate the light of the world. That is nothing new to us. That, 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 that's something we hear uh, over and over again. But I want you to understand uh, that Jesus said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what we have uh, is we have in our text tonight, uh, we have Peter and John uh, who are the first Christians uh, to be persecuted for their faith. And what, what happens is, is they are threatened by the same men that threatened and killed and, and took out their vengeance on Jesus. The same men that hung him on the cross. The same men that said crucify him said, listen, you need to stop believing the way you're believing. You need to stop proclaiming who Jesus is. You need to shut your mouth. You need to shut up. You need to sit down. This is a credible threat. These are men that not are just making threats, uh, but have proven that they are willing to back it up. So what does this have to do with us tonight, preacher? I want to glean something from our text. The Bible says that Peter and, and John run back to their fellow believers. And Logan, they begin to tell them. Listen, they told us not to preach in his name. They told us not to teach in his name. They told us not to heal in his name. And what happens? How does the church respond? They respond with prayer. And you say, well, I know that. But I want you to notice what they pray. Okay? 
Let's revisit the text for a moment. It says that, you know, they talk about how David prophesied that, 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 that the world would hate, uh, would hate Christ. But he says this, uh, the, 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 they record this uh, in Acts chapter 4. It says, listen, and now, and now, Lord, this is in the middle of their prayer, behold their threatenings. Behold the things that they have said. Hear the things that they have said. And he says, behold thy, their threatenings and grant unto thy servant, uh, our servants, uh, that with all boldness that we may be able to speak uh, thy word. By stretching forth thy hand to heal and by signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. They don't only go to prayer, but I find it fascinating that, that they don't pray, God deliver us from this. They don't pray that. They don't say, Brother Michael, they don't say, God, we want you to just to just, just do away with our enemies. Take vengeance for us. They don't pray that. They don't pray the, my, what my father said, some of the David prayers. God, take out my enemies. Kill them. Get rid of them. They don't pray any of that. They are faced with adversity, and here is what they pray. Let me summarize it, if I will. They go to the Lord, and they say, God, we know they hate your son, Jesus. We know they hate what he stands for, and we know that because they hated your son, they'll hate us also. And God, hear what they are threatening us with. But catch this. God, we pray that you would give us the boldness to speak anyway. And we pray that you would give us the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. And we pray for signs and wonders. Let me summarize it even further and simplify it. What they are saying is, God, they have threatened us, but what we want is more. What we want is more. We don't, they're not praying for deliverance. They're not praying for their enemies to be struck down. But they're saying, we want more of what you got. And so often we get in situations. Uh, I'll be transparent. I was in a situation today. Uh, and I just uh, walked away from my desk at work. Uh, walked through the back warehouse. Uh, and I just threw up my hands a little bit. Uh, and I said, you know what, God? Uh, I just want more. I know there's situations out there. I know that there was something I was faced with today. But God, I'm not going to pray for this to happen in the situation, that to happen in the situation. But God, I'm going to pray for more of your spirit to come on my life because I know where your spirit is, there is liberty. And where there's liberty, I can feel the freedom to operate under the unction of that spirit. Fear has to go. Anxiety has to be bound. And I I can operate in confidence and boldness for you. So this is what happens. They say they, they, they don't they don't they don't they don't pray a boohoo prayer. How many's ever prayed a boohoo prayer? I've prayed a boohoo prayer. God, oh poor me. Poor me. God, I'm just going through it. God, God. Listen, I've done it. God, oh, poor me. I'm not saying it, 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 it's wrong to cast your cares on Jesus. I, I believe that's okay. But sometimes I come in into in a, a throne room of grace. Uh, and I come in so defeated when he's given me the victory. He's given me the victory. Doesn't matter what my life looks like. I can lift my head high. I can throw my shoulders back and say, come what may. God is still good. 
Sometimes we, play, we, we pray boo-hoo prayers that they're not doing this. They're not saying, God, we're scared. We need you to deliver us. They're saying, God, give us boldness. What they're saying is, God, we're not afraid. We want more courage. So, so this is what happens in our culture. And in, in, in dealing in, in youth ministry for the last the seven years, uh, I've heard people come, well, did you see what they said about me? And I, I know they didn't put my name in that post, but I know they're talking about me. And uh, I, I'm so hurt. I'm so offended. And uh, I'm so, th- this is what the church said. They hate me. Uh, God, give me more of your spirit. Uh, oh, they, they want to persecute me. God, give me more of your spirit. Uh, oh, they, they want to frighten me. They want to keep me from doing what God has called me to do. God, give me more of your spirit. Give me more of your boldness. Church, what we need is a call to boldness tonight because what this world needs is not a church that is afraid to operate in the spirit, but a church that is willing to go to a place of prayer and say, God, we want more of your spirit. We don't want just what we had yesterday, but we want a fresh outpouring. I want you to realize that the people in the upper room are the same people that were in the upper room just days ago receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time but here they are again and say God that was good but we want another dose we want another outpouring God we want you to do even more God you're healing God you're delivering but God we want more healings we want more deliverance we want your spirit to be moving to and through our lives so instead of saying oh God what are we going to do they said Jesus give us more give us more of you so they began to pray say God give us boldness give us healing give us signs and wonders God you've heard their threats but give us boldness the Bible tells us Prophet Elijah comes off Mount Carmel. The altar has been consumed with fire. The prophets of Baal have been slain. God has won the day. The man of, the man of God has prophesied for rain to come, and it's, com- it's coming. But Jezebel begins to threaten him, and he runs and he hides in the cave. He hides in the cave. The Lord begins to speak to him and said, What are you doing here? What are you doing here? I want you to know, and and Brother Michael is going to know the exact minister I'm talking about, but he preached a message back in the 90s. Brother Jeff Arnold uh, uh, from Gainesville, Georgia, preached a message years ago, and he said it's about time that the church comes out of the cave because the cave will become your tomb. He said, we have so many people in the church house that are afraid and timid and, and, and so, so, so overcome with the uncertainties that, that they can't even operate. I want you to understand that, that the reason why the early church, our forefathers of the faith, uh, were successful uh, is because they were not victims, uh, but they went to a prayer closet, a room of prayer, if you will, uh, and said, God, give us more. They'll come to the music tonight. They say, God, give us more. How could they pray such a thing? 
Because they were there when Jesus not only said, Blessed are they that are persecuted, but when Jesus said, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So often in our personal lives, We want God to come down and just snap his fingers, Brother Logan. And all of our troubles disappear. I, Darcy, I wish it worked that way sometimes. Financial problems, oh. Healing, oh. I wish it worked that way sometimes. But I was telling my wife the other day and we said it to our young people a few weeks ago. I said, you know, and occasionally I'm a corny feller. I said, you know, I love you more today than I did when I married you. She said, oh, that's sweet, thank you. I do too. I said, you want to know why? Because the Lord, listen, I, I've, I've said this multiple times, but I think it's so important to say, I'm not a perfect man, but when the Lord teaches me how to love Him and teaches me how much He loves me, I can, I can go back to my wife and treat her the same way because that's what Paul said. You, husbands, you need to love your wives like Christ loved the church. So if I need to love her like Christ loves the church, loves me, then I need to know how he loves. And I spent time in prayer, and the Lord told me this. And I, I said, I said, you know what? I need to tell that to my wife. I said, you know why I love you more? Because I just got done saying this to Jesus just a few minutes before I talking to her. I said, you know why I love you more today than I did yesterday, almost five years ago when we got married? She said, Why? I said, because we've been through some things. We've been through some tough things. But we've stood by one another. We've loved one another. And I want you to understand, we want God so often to come down and snap. I'm sure the church, people in the church would have loved in our text to just say, oh God, get rid of them all, get rid of them. That's not what they did though. I think it's, it's fascinating that the church in our nation and us as individuals, we question God at the first chance, the first sign of op opposition. But the early church was persecuted. It was illegal to be you. They were persecuted from the time of their inception. And you know what Paul said? Paul said, I've been whipped 39 times, three times. I've been stoned once. I've been shipwrecked three times. I've spent all 24 hours out in the ocean floating, waiting for someone to come get me. He said, I've been persecuted by the Jews, my own people. I've been persecuted by the Gentiles. He said, I've traveled. And you'll find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, I've traveled and I've faced robbers and thieves. He said, and on top of this, I'm in 
charge of all these churches. But he goes on to say, I don't make my boast in myself, but I boast in the Lord. He went through all those things, didn't complain. Something don't go my way, Royetta, I complain. God, I wanted you to. But what the early church said is, God, I may not understand, but I want more. Why is it so important to seek after the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm not just talking about the gifts uh, 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 of speaking in tongues. That is the beginning. That is, that is not a climax. And if, if you have not inherited or, or received the gift of the speaking in tongues, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit can still move upon your life. But what we need to begin to do is exactly what they began to do. We need more of your spirit. Again, they didn't ask for deliverance. They said, God, if I'm going to get through this, I need more of you. It hurts right now, but I need more of you. I've been threatened. I've been hated. I need more of you. I don't understand, God, what you're doing. I need more of you. Not God. Why, why, why? There's times I've done that. There's times he's helped me. But as I've grown in the Lord, I've realized this portion of Scripture spoke to me in such a strong way. They didn't complain. They just said, we want more. What happens when a church, a unified body, remember, they again, the text alludes to the fact that they were all together in one accord, one mind, one accord, just like they were on the day of Pentecost, two chapters previous. In one place, one mind. What happens when that church begins to pray just for more of his spirit? You say, but I feel so depressed. Get his spirit. Grab a hold of him. Why? Because he'll give you joy. It's all found in him. They begin to pray for more. And verse 31 says, the room began to shake. And the Holy Spirit came down. You see, what's significant about when the Holy Spirit comes down is Brother Logan is because he begins to minister to people. And he began to fill them all up again. Refreshing them. And the Bible says they came out of that upper room and they had the boldness that they prayed for. And they began to speak with boldness. It was illegal to say his name, but they spoke his name. Church, this nation, I read you those headlines, this nation may hate the church. It may come after the church. There's nations across this world, Iran, China, to just name a few, that come after the church. But what we need to do is just pray for more. A call for boldness. A call for boldness. Romans 1, 16 says it this way. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Stand with me tonight. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and he says this, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. And he goes on to say that for in verse 11, For which we live are always deliver us. Unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. We may go through some, some things, but he's saying so that Jesus can be man, made manifest in our lives. You may be going through a storm tonight, but I want you to know there's someone watching how you go through that storm. Are you going to complain about it? I've been guilty. Are you going to complain about it or just say, God, I just want more. I want more of you. I don't want to focus on the issues. I don't want to focus on the problems. I just want more of you because I know when you're here and I have more of you, you're going to take care of everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added unto you. So what I want to do tonight quickly, if you would, just grab the hand of the person next to you. If you don't have a hand, please try to find someone. Put your hand on their shoulder. If you don't want to hold hands, that's fine. I know some people don't like to do that. But this world may call us extremists. And I hope they're right. They call us radical, rebellious to culture. I hope they're right but not in the way that they are expecting. See, the Jews expected a warring king, someone to rid them of the Romans. He was not what they expected. I want you to know that this, the church is not what this world expects. This church is going to turn the world upside down. World systems may keep going in decay, but I believe that there is a last day harvest to be had. And we're going to see it because the church is going to just say, I want more. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be distressed. I just want more. So I want you to just pray. Begin to pray for the person next to you. God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And Lord, we ask for more. Lord, more of you in my brothers' and sisters' lives. More of you in this church. More of you in our worship. More of you in our prayer. More of you in our time alone with your word. Lord, we know there's many situations, there's many problems. But God, we're praying for boldness. Oh, our children may be lost. Lord, we're praying for more. There may be a bad doctor's report, but we're praying for more. There may be destruction in our families. And the enemy may be trying to destroy it from within. But Lord, we're praying for more. More of your spirit to rest upon our homes. And Lord, us in this house tonight, we are going to seek you first in your kingdom. And we are going to see all these things be added unto us. Because Lord, you do not go back on your word nor your promise. 
You are not a man that you should lie. And God, to all the obstacles that anyone under the sound of my voice may be facing tonight, I say let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Lord, that you would combat the enemy that's coming after them. And Lord, that you would place a hedge of protection around them. And Lord, as the psalmist said, that you would give your angels charge over them and lead and guide them as they lead and guide their families. And Lord, I speak blessing and a shaking to come, not to this house, not just to this house, but Lord, to church houses across this nation because a unified group of people would just pray for more. And Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, Amen. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here. But don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.